Hey, you found the Teens in Quarantine podcast, and I'm your host, Christine Tan, coming to you from Melbourne, Australia, sitting outside in a park, enjoying some fresh air, despite stage four restrictions here. Well, today I have a conversation with a bright, intelligent young girl living in India during this pandemic, all by herself, separated from her family. But she's not waiting around for this pandemic to pass. Find out what she's up to coming up next. I'm getting a bit weary of stage four restrictions in Melbourne. The 8 p.m. curfew, the five kilometer limitation on how far we can travel from home, how long we can be out, how many people we can exercise with and for how long of a time and all the online shopping and not being able to walk around a store anymore unless, of course, if it's maybe a grocery store. And to be honest, it's not the Australia we were looking forward to moving to when we arrived almost a year ago. In fact, now I've lived in Australia under the pandemic longer than I've lived here without the pandemic. So needless to say, it's been hard to grow attached to a new place, given that we can't travel more than five kilometers, which is about three miles from our home. But one thing that has helped me through all of this is this very podcast. During this season of isolation, I've met many fascinating, brave, funny, creative, and inspiring teens from all over the world. They've given me a glimpse into life in their countries. And being able to see into the lives of others, especially during this pandemic, has helped me to maintain some perspective on my current situation in Melbourne. And that brings me to my interview today. Today's teen grew up in Kabul, Afghanistan. She moved to Hyderabad, India when she was 13 on a scholarship to attend a prestigious international high school. However, she moved there alone. So while she is studying in India, her family is back in Afghanistan. She was unable to get back there during the pandemic, so she's been living through this pandemic on campus at her high school in Hyderabad with a few other international students. During our conversation, she opened my eyes to the challenges that refugees face when fleeing their home country, and then the intimidating task of acclimating to a new life in their host country. Drawn from her experience of moving to India, though not as a refugee, she shared some of the personal struggles she had as an outsider from moving to a new country and adapting to its culture. It was really a challenging but revealing conversation from a teen who, though so young, has experienced circumstances many of us three or four times her age have never faced. I invite you to listen with an open mind to hear her perspective of how how those of us living in host countries can do better to welcome the refugees seeking asylum in our communities. Hello, I'm Orzu from Afghanistan. I'm 18 years old, but I've been in self-isolation in Hyderabad, India, and my parents are still in Kabul, Afghanistan. Hello. Hi. Hello. So you're Arzo. I'm Arzo, yes. So nice to meet you. So nice to meet you too. Yeah. What are, what's um what's the weather like today in Hyderabad? It is the monsoon season, so the weather is good. It is kind of sunny. Yeah, it looks like a nice day. So you're outside right now. Yeah, I'm outside. Thank you for chatting with me. Well, um, tell me a little bit about yourself. So 
My name is Arzu. I'm from Afghanistan. I'm 18 years old. I just turned 18. Hmm. And uh, it has been five years that I've been studying in Hyderabad, India. And I'm currently doing the IBDP uh, program. And it is my last year or senior year of school. Mm-hmm. Are you in Hyderabad with your family? No, no. My family is in Kabul, Afghanistan. I'm the only one here. I oh. go there in scholarship at my school and I'm continuing studying here. Yeah. I see. Okay. So who do you stay with um, there? I, I'm staying here on campus uh, in dormitories. Okay. So right now I was supposed to be in Afghanistan, but due to the cancellation of flights, I was not able to travel back to my country. So. Yeah, so you're um, so you live in the dorm. So there are other international students there that live. Uh, most of the international students they live to their home countries, except some uh, Af- some other Afghan students who are with me, mm. and some uh, uh, students from Tajikistan. Oh, okay. Wow. So you were about thirteen when you. Yeah, left. thirteen. Wow. Okay. Tell me a little bit about Hyderabad and what it's what kind of city it is. So Hyderabad is a really hectic city, if I say so. There are a lot of uh, historical places here. If anybody wants to come and like uh, visit, there are really historical places here. Um, yeah, I like it is really famous for its biryani. However, I don't really like it, not to offend anybody, <laughs> because it is really so spicy. <laughs> The people are also really, really nice. And it is like very diverse. People speak like different languages. Like the place where I am uh, living, uh, mostly people speak in Telugu. But when you go to the city, like, yeah, to to the actual city, people speak Hindi. Ah, okay. So when you go to the city, what do you do there? Sometimes I meet up with my friends. Uh, I meet some of the Afghan students who are uh, studying at the college. I meet with them. Yeah. Oh, nice. So what kind of things do people like to do in um, in that part of India? I feel like uh, people really like watching movies here. But in my perspective, because you know, in India and Bollywood movies, it is really famous, not only in India, but all over the world. Right. Even when I was in Afghanistan, I used to watch a lot of Bollywood movies. So. Mm. Yeah, it's a really big, big industry. Well, tell me a little bit more about the food compared to the food that you're used to. Oh, it, it is such a big difference. Like in Afghanistan, we don't really add that much of spices here. It is really, really spices, spicy. And then uh, it is mostly people like eating rice with everything. Mm-hmm. It's like always there is rice. Um, and then dal, it is really famous in Hyderabad. I'm not a big fan of it though. Well, how do you feel the, 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 your school has adjusted to the restrictions with the pandemic? At the beginning, uh, we, we could see hand sanitizers everywhere and we were advised to like sit a little apart from each other. Mm-hmm. And then, uh, yeah, immediately we started with online classes. And even now, the online classes are going on. So I feel like our school really managed the pandemic really good. Mm-hmm. And then for the international students who are not uh, able to go back to their countries, 
uh, they provided place for them. Yeah. Oh, that's good. That's so. Um, when did you first hear about this virus, um, and when did you realize that it was kind of serious? So uh, we were coming from our January, the Christmas holidays. Mm. Yeah, it was around January, February, I guess. Yeah, uh, because I, I I study global politics. One of my subjects is global politics, and there we normally discuss the news and like related to the global issues and how that affect the sovereignty of the country and everything. So one of my friends were like, "Oh, there is this virus," and. Uh, uh, Tajikistan is closing its borders and is not allowing uh, other countries to travel. I was like, oh my god, virus? Not, not now. And then, yeah, oh, uh, even first when, when I heard about it, I, I was hoping that oh, maybe they will find some cure or some vaccination to this problem. But now it has lasted so long. Mm. And the sad part is people are not really taking it seriously. They do not like wear masks, they don't keep distance and they do not wear gloves and everything. Mm. And it is sad because like people are getting affected by it. people are dying mm. and some people are really acting selfish. I mean, it is not the time to be selfish. We mm. really should follow the rules. Mm. What are some of the rules right now that are in place in, um, in India or in your city? In the city, uh, we have been in quarantine since March. Mm. So, uh, yeah, it is that we should really stay at home and like schools are being closed. And uh, I mean, wearing masks, even if you're go when you're going outside, and, like when you uh, really need for the necessity, necessary stuff, you really should go outside. Otherwise, it is not allowed. Mm -hmm. How many students are in your grade? In my grade, uh, approximately 40, uh, no, 74. Okay. So the students at your school, what, where do they come from? Is, is it a, it's a very international school? It is a pretty international school, yeah. I mean, most of the uh, students here are local, but we still do have uh, students from Iran, from Afghanistan, from Tajikistan, some from France. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay. What are some of the major differences between life in India and life in Afghanistan? Uh, first of all, the people, uh, people really have different perspective on life. Like the purpose, uh, what people uh, life's purpose is in Afghanistan is really different. Of course, the weather. Mm. And then uh, here people have more freedom. Uh, f uh, for example, girls, they really do have the freedom of choosing whatever they want to do with their lives. But in Afghanistan, unfortunately, it is not like that. Most of the girls in Afghanistan, their lives has been decided by their parents. Mm. Mm. Yeah. And then if we look at it politically, it is really different. Uh, here, uh, uh, Indians don't really have to um, face face and like uh, battle this issue of terrorism and war. But in mm. Afghanistan, they really do have to do that. Yeah. Mm. And uh, I feel like I don't know it is from my experience in India, people really enjoy their childhood. But in mm. Afghanistan, children do not really have that privilege. Mm. Yeah. Wow. What do you miss most about home, about Afghanistan? About Afghanistan, about home. Of course, I really miss my family mm. and I miss the food. 
Because the food is really different uh, in India and in Afghanistan. It is kind of spicy here and I'm not really used to spicing, spices even being here for five years. Yeah, I miss my friends, my childhood friends, of course. Mm. The place, like the streets I used to go to school to. Mm. And then, yeah, to be honest, I, I miss everything about Afghanistan. I wish I was there. How often do you get to go back? Like in every year, uh, we go once. So mm -hmm. that is during June and July, oh. our summer vacation. Yeah, but you missed it this year. Yeah, I missed it this year. Oh, yeah. Well, now, do you eventually want to go back to Afghanistan? Of course, to, to of live? course. Mm -hmm. To live? Yeah, of course. Uh, first, here, I want to the, take my undergrad, bachelor's, and then master's. Then I want to go back to my country. Mm -hmm. So, oh, you want to get your master's in India as well? Finish? No, 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 no. Oh. Uh, I hopefully I want to take my undergrad degree mm -hmm. at the University of Chicago. I really, really hope, and then maybe masters at Cornell. Yeah. Wow! Wow! What? What? Uh, what about University of Chicago? Are you attracted to? So I really want to study international diplomacy oh. and political science. Oh. And uh, the professor there, uh, John Mishima, yeah, I feel, yeah, I really want to be his student. And it is a really creative place. I feel like I belong to that place. Even I have never been there. I can feel the energy. Wow. You know, if you go to Chicago, though, you're going back to like the same weather that you had in Kabul. It's so yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's so yeah. cold in Chicago, and then Cornell is not any different. It's like upstate New York, and it's so cold. So you're you're used to it, though. You're ready. <laughs> yeah, I'm so ready to get out of this hot place. <laughs> yeah, it never it never gets that quite that hot in the United States. Um, maybe in the South, maybe in like Texas and Florida, but yeah. where you want to go. Okay, so you there you you have some dreams of going to the U.S. sometime and studying. And then, yeah, hopefully. Yeah, and then going back, bringing all of your experience and and um, world uh, view back to Afghanistan. You're used to big changes. It sounds like I, um, you know, I watched your videos and I was just really, really amazed at some of your. Um, you know, all that you have been through to be where you are. Like you said, you left Afghanistan when you were 13 and moved to Hyderabad on your own to attend school. Um, what was your hardest, what was the hardest part of your transition from moving from Afghanistan to India? So I was really excited to study here because I've always wanted to continue my study and it is also my parents' dream. And then we were at the airport. I clearly remember I was crying at the airport and my mother was like, okay, don't worry. It's not going to be something bad. It's just going to be a change of weather because in Afghanistan, it is really cold. It's just going to be uh, hotter there. And I was like, okay. And then even now, 
when I talked to her, I'm like, yeah, it was totally not a change of weather from minus 15 degrees Celsius <laughs> to plus 45. <laughs> Everything changed for me. Yeah. First of all, I had to adapt to culture, to a new language, to a new society. I've never known. I mean, like when I came to first, because like we were, we, I was watching Bollywood movies and I thought, oh, India is all this pretty woman dancing in this beautiful clothes but it was not really like that the language was totally different and then my english was not really good yeah it was good but like not in a level to communicate properly and then uh, people were not really know they did not really know us they would ask us oh where are you guys from and we'd say oh we are from afghanistan they would tell us oh where is afghanistan then i had to uh, unleash my inner geography teacher and be like oh it is a country in the central asia and some people even when they knew some of the people who knew uh, afghanistan and the situation they even asked me if i'm a talib and if i ever came across taliban or something like that so it was really hard at the beginning to make friends to communicate yeah wow wow that is that is a lot to handle at 13 and um who did you go for to for for support and for help during that time? I mean, it was kind of hard at thirteen because I really had to mature faster than other kids. So we we have other uh, one person teacher with us. So I would go talk to her, and then uh, my other friends like four of my other friends, two of them were boys and the other two are girls. So I would talk to them because like we all were going through uh, the same thing. So that was my kind of support system. And then, yeah, I would call my mother and cry with her. Wow. Yeah. yeah it must have been hard for your parents too. I mean, n knowing they were sending you to, you know, a better opportunity, but it's hard to let you go. Yeah, of course. Mm -hmm. Yeah. How do you feel like that transition that you went through at such a young age help, is helping you through other difficult situations like, you know, this pandemic, for example? Like what life lessons did you learn by going through that, you know, moving across countries by yourself? Yeah. Yeah. So when I was in Afghanistan, I could not even go to the store by myself i really needed someone to be with me and when i came here uh, it really made me an independent person mm. like uh, it really made me an independent strong person if i say so <laughs> so so right now uh during this pandemic it really helped me because now i know that oh world is not ending instead of crying i like making up excuses i really should uh, take care of myself and use the opportunities that i have and maybe help the community yeah I choose to uh, focus on the refugees who are living abroad because i firsthand uh, 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 I firsthand experience that how it feels to be uh, in other country, how people are gonna alienate you and judge you and 
all this stuff so uh and then my grandmother is also a refugee and when i went to visit them there are many afghan refugees who are not being really accepted into the countries they are seeking asylum in so i thought of creating an online bridge course for them in persian language uh when i uh, i made some cds and i sent it to them privately because uh, some of them were not uh, uh did not have access to internet uh, and then i got re- really positive feedback so i added english subtitles to them so other uh, refugees can also listen to it like uh it is not only afghan refugees there are other uh people from different countries like syria iraq palestine israel yeah mm. so these are refugees that have come to india seeking asylum yeah they have come to india some of my friends i know my own friends my childhood friends they went to turkey some of them went to germany and all mm-hmm. so this course that you created you is for the is for the refugees yeah to teach them how to integrate into their new culture culture yeah mm-hmm. i interviewed different counselors and psychologists i read some books yeah so that's a, a a theme that you've seen with refugees is there it's difficult for them to integrate into their new culture yeah i mean like you have been like really comfortable living with a certain type of people who are kind of the same as you and then you suddenly go and like the everything seems very shocking for you people have different morals and values and it is really hard at the beginning to like to adapt to those changes mm-hmm. What are some of the things that you said in your course to help refugees adapt? The first thing is to really be true to yourself. Yeah. I mean, do not really uh, feel uh, bad for the situation. Try to improve it and uh, first talk it out to the people who you trust. Mm. and then slowly expanded to the people outside and when you don't feel like talking to someone or making friends don't start it when you're comfortable and she also give a advice to the people who are hosting them like to the hosting country to the citizen of them to be nicer to them like do not uh, treat them like they are uh, they are foreigners coming from a different land they're I mean at the end of the day everybody is human beings we all belong to the earth we are all humans yeah mm. so what advice or um yeah what advice would you give to the host country people in a country that are receiving refugees first think that their words can really impact uh, can have a huge impact on the other people like really should watch out their words because yeah that was the first thing she said as i told you yeah when i came here some people asked me that if i'm a talib that really hurted me mm-hmm. i mean when uh, suppose we see when other uh, afghans are like going to like america or something they call them as uh, occupier or you're occupying our country go back to your country But nobody really wants to leave their home like their country unless their country is uh, not a really safe place for oh, them they're escaping so. persecutions they're escaping yeah. honor killings yeah. they're escaping war they're escaping terrorism mm-hmm. they want to have a better life for themselves and for their children mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. by hurting others by killing others by 
yeah, physically, mentally, or emotionally hurting others is not going to make us happier. And I think, though, there's also fear and there's also ignorance mixed in. I think it's really both. I see this a lot also in my own home country when I lived in the U.S. It's like when you are not, when you are really like ignorant about a situation or about people and you don't know, really know what a group of people is like, then it's very easy to be violent towards them because you don't see them as humans like you said like yourself right you see them as others um as a threat or as like as you know less human or yeah and unfortunately it's not just to afghans and it's not just in iran or in india it's it's in many places in the world and i'm seeing it also learning about it here in australia too you know there are some upsetting stories about how we uh, systematic um, racism and um, treating of refugees as well. So those are hard topics. What do you think is the biggest challenge that the Afghans of your generation are going to face? Uh, I, I don't know, maybe because my story is kind of different from Afghans to, uh, from other Afghans because of the opportunities I have been given. But I feel like in my generation, uh, it is that we try to fulfill the ex- uh, expectations of others and forget about ourselves. Maybe our parents want us to be something and we do it for the sake of our parents. Mm-hmm. And the pressure of the society and to be accepted uh, in the society. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So how, what do you think is the way for you to overcome that pressure or to overcome these expectations Uh, first of all i feel like you really should uh, talk it out with your parents because at the end of the day it is going to be your life it is going to be your choices you're gonna face the consequences first sort it out uh, what do you want to do and then uh, discuss it with your parents talk it out I mean, ultimately, it is going to be your life. You're going to suffer the consequences, suffer or enjoy the consequences. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So wh- how do you feel education plays into all of this? Uh, um, my father always tells me that it, uh, you are what you are because of your education. You are most powerful because of your education. It is your, your education education that's going to like do you good. Yeah. I feel like when you're getting educate, educated, it is not just about uh, memorized words from the textbooks. It also like should be applicable in the real life situation. Like mm-hmm. it's, it should really help you with your life challenges and all. Yeah. Yeah. Well, what is the difference between the education that you are getting now versus one that you might be getting in Afghanistan if you were still there? Uh, I, I feel like still the education is not really developed in Afghanistan. Like uh, it is just reading textbooks and memorizing some questions for the exam and trying to get a good mark at school. But I feel like here it really teaches us like to analyze 
see the different perspective, mm -hmm. question the teacher, question the authority, mm -hmm. express your thoughts and what you have going on on your mind. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And it is really based on the real life situation. Like the education is really modern. Is modern. Yeah. 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 What is your advice to Afghan girls who might be listening to this who are still in Afghanistan? Who are still in Afghanistan, I would tell them, stay strong, stay who you are, stay true to yourself, never doubt your abilities, you're stronger than what you are. I like keep pushing, never give up and try to fight for your dreams because then it's going to be really worth it. Mm. I mean, if something is easy, everybody would do it. Yeah. Oh, that's really good. I think the things that are really worth doing will be hard and fewer people will do it. Yeah. yeah. I really like that. I like that, Arzo. I like that a lot. I really enjoyed talking to you and thank you for sharing with me just your experience. You are a really bright and articulate and brave young lady with uh, you know, a bright future. And you know, I don't really, I don't just say that's all true and I don't just um, say it just to say it, but I really do think that you will change um, the future for your people and for your country. You keep doing what you're doing. Thank you so much. Yeah. Thank you for having me. <laughs> I really enjoyed um, getting to know you. Thank you. Yeah. Other realities, friends. I really enjoyed my conversation with Arzo because it caused me to consider other realities that people are facing. And not just during this pandemic, but in the struggles of everyday life. During this time of isolations and restrictions, I'm finding it way too easy and I'm far too quick to sulk over my personal situation and how all these restrictions are making me feel. And without intentionally meeting people different than myself, it's too easy for me to stay in that space of self-pity. This conversation with Arzo helped me to consider the realities of people so different than myself or my usual group of friends. And as a mother of teens, she gave me a glimpse into the life of a teen who moved away from home at a young age in order to chase opportunities that weren't available in her home country. She gave me a glimpse of the reality of refugees fleeing their homeland to escape persecution, racism, and injustice but then only to be met with the same treatment in the host country. This interview really helped me to consider other realities. I hope you've been challenged even just a little to consider the reality of people far different than yourself, especially during this pandemic. We may all be in the same coronavirus storm, but we're not experiencing it all in the same way. So take some time to take your eyes off your personal situation to learn about someone else, and if possible, to be a conduit of compassion, courage, and hope. Now, if you'd like to see some of the images from Arzo's virtual photo shoot, head over to christinetanphotography.com and click on the Teens of COVID-19 project button at the top. And if you would like to share your reality and how the pandemic is affecting you, wherever you are in the world, send me an email at teensinquarantine at gmail.com and tell me your story. I read every email that comes in. All right, friends, 
Thanks for listening to this episode of the Teens in Quarantine podcast. Next time, we are headed to Japan, the country that was supposed to be hosting the Olympic Games this very summer, but instead, it's been postponed until 2021. My guest on that episode describes what the streets of Tokyo look like now. So until then, wherever you are in the world, whatever your reality is at this time, I want to encourage you to continue to look out for each other. Keep on trying to create something new and wash your hands. Bye for now.